Welcome to Raw Relationships, the podcast that keeps relationships real and wonderful. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. Well, welcome to tonight's podcast. Tonight, I am interviewing Philip DeLuca. He is a licensed clinical social worker, but he prefers to be called the untalk therapist. You have heard of Dr. Phil. Well, he is Dr. Un. He is also a psychotherapy disruptor, relationship healer, author, speaker, and guinea pig. He is a psychotherapy disruptor because he developed an alternative to conventional relationship counseling that is the opposite of what is conventionally accepted. He is a relationship healer because he heals relationships that express yourself. Communication approaches damage. He is a guinea pig because he has used his own struggles to help develop this approach. During a 12-month international speaking tour to promote his first book, The Solo Partner, he saw firsthand the failure of conventional conflict resolution and became more solidly convinced that a new approach was badly needed. He turned to the latest body and brain science to upgrade the outdated express yourself model that was developed in the 60s, became his own guinea pig, and eventually successful case study. What he developed was an alternative, holistic model that frequently works where conventional couples therapies fail. It brings quick results, is easy to understand and implement. He calls it communication for the 21st century. His untalk therapy is the most efficient, least expensive method of ending relationship conflict and making communication fun again. Just ask any of his clients who's, who've tried anything. So I am so, so, so excited to chat with Philip. So let's bring him on. Hi, Philip. So how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you very much for um, coming on to my podcast. And uh, oh, thank, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. So... Um, Please tell us a little bit about um, what you do. I've read your your bio, like your intro, so I've kind of told people um, somewhat what you do, but if you could tell us in your own words, um, that would be awesome, just to introduce yourself. Okay, well, uh, my name is Phil DeLuca. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in Charlotte, North Carolina. But I like to go by the handle of the untalk untherapist. And that's okay. that sounds kind of contradictory. Mm-hmm. But what I teach people to do is not talk when they're upset. First of all, the rationale and the science behind not talking when they're upset. And then so that's the untalk. And then the untherapy is actually I teach people how to be their own therapist so they don't need to be coming back to a therapist mm-hmm. in order to find help. They have mm-hmm. the skill, the knowledge, and when they run into problems, they can just pull it up and fix it himself. Like, I'll mm-hmm. give you an example. I was seeing this couple recently. They've been married 10 years, second marriage for both, and uh, actually third for, for one. And uh, they've been in counseling nine of the 10 years they've been married, and they've been to many counselors and many therapists. Mm-hmm. And then they found me, and I kind of reversed directions with them. and. 
instead of helping them get in touch with their emotions when they were upset, uh, we redirected it. So they were working from their object, objectivity logic, which I call their our front brain, our genius brain. Mm-hmm. And they ran into a problem and they were having a disagreement. So two days later, actually the husband had prompted it. He lost his temper and blasted his wife and she had withdrawn. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, two days later, she had calmed down enough to be around him. And he said, listen, I want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, if we went back to Dr. Phil, that's what people call me all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we went to back to Dr. Phil, he would say, what could you have done differently that prevented this from happening? So he said, in looking back over that, he said, I didn't disengage quick enough, and therefore everything that follows is my fault. So will you forgive me? I apologize. Will you forgive me? And, uh, man, how many people would like to have that outcome when they have a disagreement? Well, isn't that the truth? Because so many of us, you know, will just sit on it and say, no, it's your fault. You know, if you wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have done this. <laughs> yes, yes. And you did this before, so that's why I did this. And mm-hmm. and then we go round and around, which is, yeah. uh, you know, I was talking to a lady today, actually three people so far this week in which they had a similar thing. Two men with their wife and a woman today with her husband. And they all said the same thing. If I bring up this topic about what I would like them to do differently, change, mm-hmm. they get defensive and then they immediately attack me mm-hmm. for what I did or didn't do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We can never get past this topic and I could never and neither you know and I in their case they were saying and I can't we keep hitting this wall and bouncing off this wall and we can't get past this uh this we can't we can't resolve this issue. We can't talk about it. We don't feel understood and it's just mm-hmm. draining our love and joy out of us. So I think for some people, too, like even if they do talk about it, um, maybe one side of the conversation, like one person won't feel like anything's resolved. You know, like it, even if they do talk, they one person is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other person, you know, they the one person thinks it's resolved, but the other person is still left kind of not feeling like they've been heard. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, it all goes back to, the, you know, I, I make the case that, and I can prove it through science, that mm-hmm. the conventional communication approaches, which go back to the 60s, you know, that was the speak it, let it all hang out, speak your mind uh, era, Woodstock, mm-hmm. Skinny Streak and all of that stuff, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, um, yeah. unfiltered life, raw. Uh, Communication approaches were developed during that time. The current express yourself communication approaches started back mm-hmm. then, and they've just been built on ever since. And nobody's ever challenged the base of that. And they just built on uh, they built on that faulty premise. You know, basically they come down to when you're upset, get in touch with your anger. Repressed anger kills, which is true. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. get it out. Well, it, what they leave out now we know that episodic anger outbursts. For two hours following that outburst, increased heart attack rate 
and stroke rate 500%. So they leave that part out, get it out and call an ambulance or an undertaker. And you know, <laughs> yeah. a little yeah. on the bottom. Uh, it's like those drug commercials on TV. It might cause heart disease and stroke and suicide, homicidal tendencies. However, uh, yeah. you know, this will take it's you, good for you take so it. It and live through it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The other thing that was built, so that was one of, uh, so it was get in touch with your anger. Uh, also, by the way, stress, ongoing stress and upset, argument, conflict, over time, chronic conflict increases heart attack and stroke rate 2,000% and cancer rate 3,000%. So mm -hmm. not a good thing to stay in touch with your anger and let it fester. Uh, no. It's, it's uh, the health. You know, the science now says it's fatal. It'll shorten your life by premature aging by nine to 17 years. And yeah. Plus, you know, you die at a younger age, 63% higher death rate. But mm -hmm. it also, the other, the other tenets of that era, express yourself approach was get in touch uh, with your feelings and thoughts. Always put it out there. No secrets. And uh, never go to the worst of all. That's become one of the most popular is. Never go to bed mad at each other. Deal with it now, or you're quote running from the problem. You're right. Right. Probably right. heard these many times, and they've been absorbed into the culture. The other ten, and and it's even been used with our kids. Talk it through with your kids, and what it ends up doing is the kids end up manipulating, pulling us into arguments, and then uh, it, there's just chaos that ensues. And then the other tenant that was built on that is that. You know, you'll go into your therapist's office. If you go on the Internet, I just Googled recently communi good communication skills. And every single one, I mean, I'm talking dozens of pages, had the same thing. Talk to your partner. Stay calm. Don't get defensive. Don't make hostile gestures, uh, eye contact, mm -hmm. uh, and all, et cetera. They all had some form of version of that. So the problem is, you know, and your viewers are probably able to relate that all goes out the window. And the very things we're supposed to do is the very things we do. We bring up old subjects, irrelevant topics, we get in their face, we glare at them, we, we, we say horrible words, uh, et cetera. Tone changes, we ask hook questions. So uh, basically, I believe, I've, I've discovered over 40 years of counseling and um, 40,000 situations that the conventional communication approaches, uh, it's like relationship suicide. Yeah. They only have a 20% success rate, and that's with the highest functioning couples and relationship mm -hmm. conflict. More intense the conflict, which is the most common, uh, mm -hmm. the less successful they are. So they have a very poor success rate. And uh, most of the time, they increase conflict, not decrease it. So not only don't they work, but they make it worse. Yeah. So I have a lot of couples come to me who have yeah. tried a lot of other ones and they come in and we can change that around in two, three, four sessions when you know what you're doing and you apply the science, not, you know, just uh, something that's 60 years old and, and, and dated. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I was reading today, maybe to kind of um, go back on what you said about these conflicts and when somebody gets defensive, 
um, I was reading that a lot of the time that happens because of our fight or flight mode that kicks in and that's why that happens. So if we're, you know, if we're a fighter or a fleer, if we decide to run from it, you know, um, and the other person says, no, I want to talk, then you're not giving space to that person. So I think, you know, if you can be mindful enough to say, okay, I need to disconnect myself from this before it gets too heated, you know, and, and to take account into yourself what you're yes. thinking, right? <clears throat> What's going on in your mind? Why are you upset? Um, I know for myself, that's, that's where I've come to is really um, taking ownership for my own feelings instead of trying to yeah, control that, someone else's. <laughs> yes, I, that, that's exactly, exactly right. And that's what the science says. The problem is very few people can do that when they're upset, including at a certain point when they get upset, including me. So it's important to monitor that point. And let's go over that science because, you, you know, you hit yeah. right on it. And basically it comes down to when we look at our brain relative to this issue, we've got two parts we want to focus on or three, our front brain, cerebral cortex, our thinking brain, higher learning. Mm-hmm. Um, abstract thought, music, spirituality, love comes from the front of our brain, the gray matter. I'm going to ca- call it our genius brain because it's the creative part, mm-hmm. the intelligent part of our brain. And then right behind the ears, we have the amygdala. If you put mm-hmm. your finger behind your ear, both ears, you'll, you'll almost touch it. And that's our fight or flight response that we share with mm-hmm. all other animals you've seen crocodiles that's us we get like crocodiles so i call it our crocodile brain and in and there those both of those are connected through yeah. our autonomic nervous system to 90 percent of our organs in our body heart liver lungs, stomach uh skin hair you name it it's connected pretty much so in between those we have a switching agent and by the way this brain is dark bleak doom gloom paranoid only interested in survival at the moment nothing else it was made for nothing else it's capable of nothing else so what happens is we we get under stress the fight or flight response kicks in now it's very bad at perceiving real from imagined big from small so better safe than sorry because you never get a second chance if you're truly about to be by a bear so 99 percent of the time it overreacts that's why we get upset when somebody takes our parking yeah. spot, just like when we're about to be eaten by a T-Rex, the body perceives a threat and goes into nuclear mode. Yeah. And so what happens is, it's like the Hulk gets activated yeah. in us. And some, so what happens? Yeah, and sometimes I think, like even when I've gotten into those that mode, your body will actually shake and tremble and like things, weird things can happen and that would be... be Yes, yes, because like, for instance, your lungs expand 1,200% to take, that's why we start breathing heavy, (sighs) because the body is getting ready to, to, uh, for a battle to the death, uh, we're going to flight or flee or Mm -hmm. fight. So that's what it is. So we sweat, uh, we we get tunnel vision, we lose peripheral vision, hearing, heart increases, blood vessels, digestion stops, it reroutes uh, energy to the extremities, uh, muscles tense. So that's, yeah, these are, and these all happen in one millionth of a second. That's how quick it is. So when that happens, see what happens is the body perceives a threat. Now the hypothalamus is a switching unit between those two brains. Think of train tracks. It switches blood from one brain 
to the other. So what happens is, like now we're calm, so our front brain is flooded with blood and functioning. Well, if you ever fell asleep on your limb and you tried to move it after that, you can't because there's no blood flow. So you can give it a mental command, move, and you can't move your leg. So you got to drag it along to open the door, for instance. And it's like dead meat. That's what happens to our front brain. It reroutes, the hypothalamus reroutes blood from our front brain to our back brain. So the back brain gets, gets saturated with blood and becomes like the Hulk. And the front brain falls asleep. 75% mm-hmm. blood flow gets cut off. So it's a right. dead limb. Now think about this. That's, and now the back brain, and then you have what's called, what I call crocodile brain hijack. The science says that what happens is the brain, the back brain then takes over the front brain because the front brain is asleep now. And it hijacks command of the brain and the body. And if you've ever been upset and heard yourself having this internal, or getting upset, and having yourself this internal dialogue going on. Now, stay calm. You know, this is going to have real bad consequences. No, I can't believe they said that to me. I'm going to tell them what I really think. That's the two brains actually talking to each other. And you're listening into the dialogue. And then as as the threat keeps rising or perceived threat, the blood keeps switching and suddenly the front brain gets shut off and the back brain takes over. And that's the hijack, mm-hmm. crocodile brain hijack. And people know when they're there because they will say things like, it's like I can see words coming out of my mouth, but I can't do anything about them. It's like my life is unfolding in front of me and I'm helpless to change its direction. That's yeah. the hijack. Can, that's what happens with that hijack. So now this dark, bleak, survival-oriented brain is in in control. Well, let's go back to our conventional approaches. Always get in touch with your anger. Uh, repressed anger kills. So now you're going to get in touch. Now, this is an inflammation of the body, by the way. The fight or flight response is an yeah. inflammation of the body. The front brain is called the rest and digest. The back brain is called the inflammation process, response, inflammatory response. So what happens is the brain is in, the body's inflamed. The brain is inflamed. So What's our communication going to be? It's going to be inflamed. That's why when we're up, we say inflammatory things. And and so what happens now, so let's go back to what we've been taught to do. Get in touch with your anger. And I put that in quotes, what we've been taught to do in quotes. Uh, Get in touch with your anger. Uh, Don't wait till the front brain reengages, but uh, let your back brain be in control of your destiny. Uh, always be, be honest yeah. and open about how you're feeling. Do you really want to tell the person what you think at this time? You know, I, I've been meaning to tell you it's important to get this out. I've been thinking about this for 20 years, and I have to say it because repressing it is really bad. Uh, you know, you're a mistake yeah. of God. If he could do it over again, he would create the universe from the beginning to get rid of trash like you. Ah, thank you, honey. I feel so much better. I got it out. You know, repressing Man. Yeah. Wow. A winning yeah. combination. Yeah. Okay. And that. <laughs> and then. Yeah. Exactly. Then we go to the third part of that, which is never go to bed mad at each other. Always deal with it now, or you're running from the problem. So that that is so destructive. But you know that actually works because people don't go to bed mad at each other. They stay awake for three nights talking about it. You know. So uh, what these yeah. do is they increase the worst time possible to be talking is what we're guilted 
we're guilted into doing. Now, uh, here's another part of that. Remember I said earlier that one of the offshoots of this, when you get back on the internet, good communication skills is they have all of these rules. Don't, don't stay logical, don't bring up the past, don't yeah. use toxic words, don't get ugly, etc. Don't get defensive. Well, can you, mm -hmm. can we, that's front brain, that's genius brain thinking. We can't do that when our genius brain is asleep. Remember when you fall asleep on that limb? Mentally, you can't use, move that limb. That's what happens. So they give people in the therapist's office or they right. or, or they read up, read about this and they discuss it. Okay, the next time we get upset, we're not gonna do this. Their brain shut, front brain shuts off, their crocodile brain hijacks their body and mind. And then they say the very things they weren't gonna say, which is the way it works. We've encouraged them to do that. And then, which, and then we yeah. uh, get, then they pull apart, get karma, and then front brain, blood flows to the front brain, and then you feel, we feel guilty and ashamed and have to make up. Uh, so make amends, forgive and forget, get rid of these negative thoughts and preoccupation, fight off these desires for spite. And so now we yeah. feel even worse because we agreed not to do this, and we do it every time. We agree, we don't do it, we agree, we fail. We're failures, we're more hopeless than we thought. So this thing is a disaster. It it it, in, it puts people into communicating at the worst possible time yeah. and in the most inflammatory way possible. And then it gives them rules that are doomed to fail when they actually mm -hmm. do it. So they internalize that mes me message. They internalize yeah. how worthless and what a failure and hopeless they are. And so now they got a double whammy. Not only are they struggling with conflict and communication issues, but we're giving them, they're like trying to swim and we're saying, here, here's, a, here's an anchor to hold on yeah. to. And they grab a hold of it and they sink to the bottom. So these things are, they're not supported by, you know, and the other thing, if you've ever yeah. been in a, yeah. con a lot of conflict, it affects our health. It affects how we metabolize fat, our sugar level. Uh, raises our insulin level. Here's one of the statistics. Uh, when when we get under stress, our insulin level, our blood sugar level, stays higher six times longer than when we're not under stress. Well, high sugar, sugar high sugar levels is the gateway to all diseases. What this does is it inflames the whole body. Like we said before, increases heart attack and stroke rate two thousand percent, three thousand percent for cancer. Increases contributes to diabetes, um, mm -hmm. weight gain, autoimmune diseases, stress. Seventy over seventy percent of eighty-five percent of doctor visits are stress-related. Then eighty-five percent of all diseases mm -hmm. component to it. So this thing kills love, joy, and even people's health. It's it's a killer. You know the whole thing is is yeah. Uh, you know the whole thing is it's. It's so unnecessary. A lot of people are breaking up after using this model that don't have to. That's the frustrating part. Uh, you know, you see, but yeah. because well, the whole yeah. thing is, is encourages more conflict. It doesn't discourage it and doesn't give them any skills to really squash it. So it basically pushes, pushes people into what I've come to call the dead zone. That's where there's no care left. Yeah. No love, no caring, joy, and frequently no health. It's, it's uh once people get into that mm -hmm. dead zone, there's no, there's no point. They're not going to do anything more because it's like, I don't love you, so why bother fixing it? Even if you fix it, I don't care. So it's, that's what I
Yeah, well, I think once you're at that point, it's, you know, so many, <clears throat> there's been so many mean things said. Yeah. You know, that yes. takes its toll on a person and, and then you build all the resentment. Yes. And, you know, everything else, even if maybe they didn't well, mean it in the moment, you know, it's still. It's yes, still yes. And, that, right? and that's what it does, because you haven't got really recovery becomes <laughs> increasingly incomplete. You haven't gotten over number argument 28. And you hit with number 29. But is it is an interesting is some interesting things about this crocodile brain. It really explains a lot. Yeah, yeah. If people uh, understand the science behind it. Have you ever wondered why people bring up stuff when you're having a disagreement that's 20 years old and totally irrelevant? Well, that's, that's because the, the front brain, our genius brain, knows time sequence. So we know last year was last year and now is now. And there's a difference. Well, our back brain takes an emotional snapshot of an intense mm -hmm. emotional encounter. And then it stores that. So that's why when we get upset, we will bring up stuff that's irrelevant and 20 years old. Right. Because that, to that brain, it all flashes back as if it happened now. So that's why you were like, why are you bringing this up? Front brain talking to back brain. Why are you bringing this up? Because right. it's important, but it's 20 years ago. No, it's not. It's important now. You see how that works. Here's another yeah. thing. Have you ever noticed when you try to uh, yeah. discontinue an argument yeah. frequently, the other party won't let you? Uh, they may uh, escalate, uh, try to provoke you. You know, yeah. okay, yeah. you ever wonder how it is? that the other person is upset, and we can tell when the other party's upset, you know, yeah. they have that look, that tone, they bring up certain toxic to topics. How do they know? So we know that, that's their crocodile yeah. brain. Uh, and we can tell they're in a crocodile brain because frequently they're looking at us in a different way. One of the things we know about, our, about the science now is when our crocodile brain kicks on, our quote, social engagement center clicks off. And what is this social engagement center? Well, eye contact changes. We stop looking at the other party. Think about this now. Uh, you don't, the other party now is perceived to be an enemy. You're a snack to them, right? They're going to eat you or they're going to kill you. So you don't want to make bonding, yeah. nurturing eye contact, warm and fuzzy eye contact. So what do we do? We look away or our eye becomes like a raptor, cold and hard and piercing. The other thing that changes is our ability to connect, to bond, yeah, to understand, yeah. to appraise clicks off. So our social engagement center mm -hmm. clicks off. We're not there when, the, when we're in our crocodile brain to engage in conflict resolution. We're now in our warrior mode, predator mode, mm -hmm. there to, to kill and protect before we get yeah. killed and eaten mm -hmm. ourselves. So um, one of the ways, have you ever wondered yeah. how the other party gets upset, they know, or, we, or us, we know exactly what to say to push the other party's buttons? Never wondered about how, how to hurt the person? Uh, mm -hmm. Well, what, what, what our crocodile brain does is it accesses the, or the information in our front brain, which is shut off and can't do anything about it to take control back. And so that's how we know exactly what it is because it accesses our intelligence in our front brain, our genius brain, and then brings up certain topics, certain tones. Uh, and it's like, okay, so tell me what you think. Well, get in their face. If that doesn't work, bring up this, to this topic. Look at them in this direction. If that doesn't work and all else fails, bring up their mother. That will make them crazy. So that's how, 
that's how we know exactly how to do it because it taps into our intelligent yeah, brain, yeah. <laughs> which stores all this stuff, but knows not to use it because it's irrelevant and dangerous. But our brat brain kind of co-ops all of that, uses it, and then uh, uses it to provoke because this is a conflict-provoking, conflict-seeking brain. It's a provocative brain. Our front brain is conflict-resolving, mm-hmm. long-term, conflict-resolving, what's best in the long run for everybody. Our yeah. back brain is you versus me, and, uh, and uh, I have to win over you. And that's why when people get into arguments, they have to win. They have to be right. They have to dominate. They have to have the last word because in survival, you better win. If survival is truly at stake, you better win. You can't be wrong one time because you'll be somebody else's snack. So win, you have to be right every time. To be wrong is to be defeated. You see, that's why when they get upset, we have to be right. Dominate. You want to dominate the environment. You want to be in control. You don't want to give the enemy the, the, the upper hand. So you want to dominate. Uh, that's why our body gestures become dominating too. So uh, yeah. that's what we want to do. So, I mean, that's what we do. So one of the things I've discovered or my therapy approach is mm-hmm. I've tweaked it over 30 plus years. And I had to make it easy to grasp, simple to understand, easy to implement have immediate results because frequently people are one step away from the dead zone so one more argument may push them into it so i had to come up with something that when they left that one hour session or an hour and a half and if they implemented what what we talked about they would stop those arguments right there in their tracks and so uh, i came up with an approach basically i call it untalk therapy which is identify i'll walk you through it real quick Identify when you're going through. It's a five-step program, but you know you only need mm-hmm. step one and two real quick to get it to start it. Because um, as long as there's conflict, nothing can mm-hmm. constructive can happen in a relationship. So I've found that they have to uh, conflict has to be has to subside to a great degree in order for people to talk to re- resolve anything to quit bouncing off that mm-hmm. wall to get the elephants in the room. So uh, first step is yeah. uh, see it. Become aware of the internal changes going on inside of you. Can you feel your heart pumping? What's the sign that your, your fight or flight response, your crocodile brain is kicking in? Is your heart pumping harder? Is, what, what might it be for you? My stomach starts yeah. twitching in a certain way. What, but what might it be for you? Melissa, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I get... Um, shaky and almost like it's my heart kind of beats okay. faster. I can feel that. But it's so then, I'll, then I would ask. And, let's say you were the client, and I would ask. Yeah. Okay, so where are you shaking? I need a specific place. Where Where are you shaking? Your heart, your, heart, your chest, your arms. Pretty much. Yeah, in the heart area. Okay. My, my hands. And that's your body my getting ready for a battle. Well. So what you want to do. You want to get in touch when then that's happening, when that's happening. This is a skill. I got to teach people a new skill, self-control, awareness. Initially, I need you to get, Mm -hmm. I would say, get away. When you start that happening before you say what you usually say that ends up leading to problems, before, not after, before you spring up their mother or give them that look, uh, before you knock the dominoes down, get away, go to a safe room. You've got to close the door, go for a walk. 
you've got to put space between you and your crocodile, between your crocodile brain and them. You got to let it down. There's no threat. They're not about to eat you. They're not going to leap yeah. over that table because there's a room. I'm in the bedroom with the door closed, and they got to come through the door first. So you want to, you want to, you want to reroute the blood from the back of your brain to the front of your brain. So you got to get space. That's the second. And then. Uh, do something to calm that down. That's step one. Step two is we need a pause switch. See it? All right, step one is see it. Noticing the changes going on inside of you that's going to lead to a lot of destructive stuff, loss of love, caring, joy, and health. Okay. Now we need step two, a pause switch. You're going to get away, yeah. right? You're going to get away, get calmer. Now, get away. Now, step three is you're going to detoxify these chemicals. Yeah. You're going to reroute the blood from the back of your brain to the front of your brain. How do you do that? Exercise is real good. Put on it's a great detoxer, uh, calming music, uh, pet your dog, physical contact, mm -hmm. good physical contact, pet your kids, uh, do uh, some meditation if you have it, some spiritual readings, whatever it takes. Uh, getting engrossed in hobbies. I had one guy recently yeah. with his partner. He, you know, he couldn't get mm -hmm. detox. He, he was so upset until he said he was a he was a, a makeup artist, and and so he started doodling. And when he started doodling, he noticed on a piece of paper, he his creative brain doodle, his create creative brain required to be engaged, and he noticed that as he doodled, he got calmed down, and when mm -hmm. he got this new design he developed, he, he, yeah. he like looked up and said, wow, I feel incredibly good. And, you know, the, the, the resentment's gone, the upset. And then he said he reengaged with his partner and they had a great conversation. Mm -hmm. Whereas before that, they were, they couldn't, they couldn't understand anything. So that's what you want to do. You want to get the blood flow from the back of your brain yeah. to the front of your brain. So that's stage step three. And step four is to re-engage. So now you're re-engaging and you're communicating. And then step five, I call that uh, negotiating through navig navigating through provocation, where, where the other party is in their crocodile brain. And mm -hmm. uh, if you say something, here's the dilemma that conventional approaches back people in. If we say something, uh oh, so you open the door and you know they're upset, right? We got a problem. Houston, we got a problem. Uh, they got that. They got that tone. They're bringing up those toxic mm -hmm. topics again, yeah. criticizing the house, whatever. All right, we got a problem. So now your front brain says we got a problem because mm -hmm. if I talk, they're going to want to talk. And if I talk, I know we're going to get into an argument. And if I don't say anything, they're not going to let it lay. And we're going to and, and they're going to provoke and provoke until we get in an argument anyway. So we lose no matter what I do. And no win situation because if they don't deal with it, then they don't yeah. talk about it. They're, quote, running from the problem. You see, they're guilting people into dealing with it then, and then it explodes. So yeah. I, my step five is how to negotiate through that. Yeah. And basically what it boils down to is you have to know when they're receptive to communication and they're not. If they're in their genius brain, yes. And if they're not in their genius brain, no. And so that's a bad time to do it because what they're going to do is they're going to, yeah. anything you communicate, they're going to twist into pretzels. Yeah. And you you into an argument. So, and here's yeah. the other interesting thing. There are a lot of ways to get through the other party other than talking, giving them a hug, telling them you love them, putting on calming music. These all activate the front part of the brain. They release the feel-good chemicals. 
and cause karma. And the science says that the worst possible way when somebody's upset, your partner is upset to get through is to talk your way through it. All it does is, is activate their oppositional crocodile brain and they get more defensive and more attacking. So that, yeah. Well, I think especially if, if the subject is yes. something that they struggle with too, right? Like, you know, if, if you're complaining that your husband doesn't care for you enough, but your husband really doesn't know how to care for you because maybe he wasn't shown that as a child, then it may be frustrating for him, yes. you know, because he doesn't know what you want. <laughs> you know, he, he just doesn't know. So it's yeah, easier. Well, you know, actually, I had an example of that today. You know? Perfect example. <laughs> Where... Uh, so before we get to that example, but let, let me show you how this plays out in communication. So if I was to walk into your house and I was put on purple sunglasses, right? And, and I saw everything purple. Let's say that represents I'm going, I get upset. Crocodile brain kicks in. I put on my purple sunglasses, which shows my lens because our perception changes. Our mood gets darker. Our attitude gets contentious and our logic gets all scrambled. So I put on these purple sunglasses, which shows that I have a warped perception. Yeah. Okay, now I'm seeing, and it looks real to me, everything purple. So we're yeah. going to have a discussion about how to decorate this house. And so the, uh, you say, well, you know, we got a blue floor, a white yeah. ceiling, uh, green drapes. And I'm like, green, blue, white. What are they talking about? It's all purple. What are you talking about? It's purple. Did you decorate this room? Who the heck puts a purple, has a purple ceiling? Everything's purple. What are you, colorblind? Yeah. What's the problem? You're like. What are you talking about? It's not purple. It's green. It's white. It's blue. It's tan. Uh, well, I'm like, what are you? I'm already now. Remember, this is paranoid and suspicious. So, so you're just giving me for more fuel. So, what do you think? I'm mm -hmm. stupid or a fool? I know purple when I see purple. You're trying to convince me that there's all these other colors in the room, and there is not. I'm not the fool here. You are. Well, now you got upset, right? I just called you a fool. So now you get upset. We're going to give yeah. you, uh, let's say yeah. I'll give you green sunglasses. Okay. Are we still there? Okay. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to give you green sunglasses. So now when we're yeah. trying to talk about this room, yeah. I'm going to see purple and you're going to see all green. So I'm like, so let me ask you one more time. Is this room, room not purple or is there really, is there really blue and tan and white in here? What is it? And you say, it's none of those. You're an idiot. It's all green. What do you mean purple? It's green. And I'm like, green, it's purple. You yeah. see where we're going with this? Yeah. Then we get calm. So we take these sun these glasses off. And now yeah. we see all the yeah. colors in their true form. And it's like, oh, I feel so guilty. I'm so ashamed. I said I was so wrong and I accused you of all of these things. That's not true. So so that's what happened. So I'll give you that. Let's yeah. get back to the example. I saw this late this, seeing this client this week. And uh, today, as a matter of fact, and she said, uh, you know, my, I've got this big SUV and I was my husband's not used to driving it. So he but he was driving at this time and he was trying to pull into this parking spot. And, you know, I saw how difficult it was and how hard he was going in and out, in and out. So I said, him, you know, there's a spot over there. It's a lot easier for you if you just pull in and there. And he said, oh, everything I do is you know, everything I do is incorrect. You're always criticizing me. Oh. So his perception <laughs> was you did it out of lack of yeah. caring. Her intent was 
Yeah. I did this because I cared for you. Exactly. Now it's like, yeah, they can't. (laughs) She's like, if I, he sees her as negative when actually it wasn't because what we do in this brain is we form, we have these negative perceptions. We form these negative assumptions. We, uh, uh, conclude, draw conclusions from these negative assumptions. And then we, take action based on something that's a mirage of our head, a fictitious belief. So he was attacking her because he thought she was critical when actually she was trying to help him and make it easier. So they were having a disagreement over something that didn't even exist. Existent. Yeah, yeah. And this pressure self approaches encourage that. Yeah. Because they say, yeah, well, and it's true, yeah, because otherwise he would have just been, he would have just kind of left it alone and then later said, yeah, yeah, I see, I it was a lot like easier to do it. Thank me. you. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Like, just do the yeah, that's the pattern that keeps recycling. Yeah, so for it. Uh, if we can get people to if I can re-educate people and show them that here's the science, so it's not pers- personal, take that personal element out of it. We all do it, including me. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the way to fix it. I mean, yeah, I get yeah. incredible results extremely quickly. I'm talking like two, three, four sessions. Um, I'm shutting off these arguments that have been there for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, what do you think the root of, of these arguments are? Like, do you think, in my opinion, usually it's yeah. that person wants to be heard. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, one of the things I've noticed is 85% of all triggers <laughs> or 90% for uh, our old brain triggers is ego. You know, somebody said, I thought you said, mm-hmm. uh, I don't look, I don't look good in this, in this, in this outfit so my ego got hurt so therefore i'm gonna and that's a survival issue an ego survival issue so now i strike out so you know people uh yeah most people would rather yeah. protect their ego than get along with their partner and so they do it so there's three people in a relationship there's or four there's yeah. me you and both our egos one or both egos and and yeah that's that's the i find that is the biggest and major problem that mm-hmm. yeah yeah i talked i did interview uh, a couple weeks back with bill uh Ziske is his name and that was what he said with him and his wife yeah that well, the say is check your ego at the door the problem is when we get upset really it's all ego uh or egocentric and it's all ego we're ego invested and ego driven mm-hmm. so that's why I encourage people to, and that's where the damage mm-hmm. comes. So that's why I encourage people to notice the changes going on inside of you. And then before you engage your ego ammo and, and actually uh, vomit, uh, get away, get yeah. calmer. And then when you're in your the blunts recycled mm-hmm. to the front of your brain, then you can, and your social engagement center is turned back on, then you can approach it from a non defensive attacking mm-hmm. mode right exactly 
that makes perfect sense to me. Um, what if, what if um, you can't quite catch it, but you catch it after yeah. maybe you've made one comment, you know, um, an, an example would be um, if you are, you know, if you're, you get that feeling, so you're, you know, you start shaking and you get, you're getting upset. Um, this actually happened to me the other day and I did the whole self-talk, the dialogue. And then I was like, I went to my hubby and I kind of fired at him. And then after I yes, did it, I was like, that. oh, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it was like, I caught myself. Yeah. And maybe that's just because I am more self-aware than I used to be. Um, but what I said is I said, okay, you know, I need to kind of remove myself from this for a second. I'm not upset with you. I'm upset because I feel like something's lacking. So I have to look within me. And uh, this particular case was uh, he was going out four by fouring and I felt like he done it twice this week already so and I'm stuck at home with the kids and blah 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 and then I got thinking about it and I said well what would I rather be doing I that's what I choose to do is be home with my kids so I can't oh that's good brain thinking (laughs) you know yeah yeah and so I I just said to him in order to diffuse it because when I I did fire at him I said Next weekend, don't make any plans because I'm going away. And that was when I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that because I know he gets very defensive. And because, just like you said, everybody would, right? It's just the reaction. So so I kind of took a step back and I I rationalized my thinking out loud right in front of him. And I said, well, I can't really go away for the weekend because I have nowhere to go. I don't even know where I would go. And what would I do with the kids? I said, never mind. I said, I'm just feeling a little upset. I don't know why exactly, but I just feel like I need to feel this through. And then finally, I just looked at him and I said, I'm not angry with you. I'm just, I just have to feel this through. I want you to go and I want you to have fun. (laughs) You know, and, and just, I caught myself in that moment. So I think, you know, a person could probably do that if they're oh, yeah yeah and that's a good that's a good step a so too far. <laughs> you, you withdrew before you did further damage you got yourself recollected again and one of the signs yeah. was you were thinking clearly again so that's a sign that your front brain's mm-hmm. re-engaged and then yeah. you um re-engage which yeah. is my step four re-engage with him in this case in an apologetic way you know i wanted I want to apologize for what I said. I was short. I caught myself, but too late. I'm sorry. I'll try to do better next yeah. time. And thinking about it, you know, gave me the information that you gave me. I did that recently with my wife. Yeah. You know, when I lose sleep, I don't even like being around myself yeah. after a couple days. So, you know, I lost a few nights sleep. I was feeling really stressed. Yeah. I was real grouchy with my wife. And I apologized for it. And that's the best you're going to do. We're not going to catch all of them. But if you can catch mm-hmm. less frequent, if you can decrease no. the frequency and the intensity, then and we have a chance to recover, and so the effect is isn't lingering yeah. and you know, end up sucking the caring out of our out of our yeah. relationship. The last five, and we get hit with the number six kind of thing. Yeah, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense to me. And I know for myself, you know, I think that's a big part of it is really the accountability of your own self, not, not trying to outward blame other people for what's going on, you know, because if you're feeling like in some instances, I think, you know, it, it, but at the same time, even, you know, like with cheating and, and stuff like that, if you're cheated on, why were you cheated on? You know what I mean? There are two, two people are in the equation. So you have to kind of take stock of your own. Yeah, well, that's, that's an interesting observation. I see a ton of people right? that have had affairs and, uh, that, that is, that's always brought up by the person who's had the affair, not always a lot, but the other party never, almost never acknowledges that, um, well, you know, I understand why it's not right that you cheated. Yeah, I agree. However, you know, I've been tuned out to you. Yeah. Bitter, negative for years. So, yeah. you know, and, and un, uninvolved, no intimacy, yeah. no nothing except complaints. And you're working 60 hours a week, and all I do is want more and more and more and complain yeah. about what a bum you are. So, you know, maybe I need to change this and, and yeah. to make a better base that this would be less tempting yeah. and accept my, my part of responsibility. That's, so, you know, your comment there was very mm-hmm. intuitive, but it's pretty rare. I would say less than 5% of people I see with this acknowledge that part of it. Yeah. Well, no, because they're like, and that's something like I know with my own life coaching practice, that's what I really do is try to get people out of that victim mode, you know, like really take accountability for what you have to play in it. Cause I've been cheated on just about every relationship, but in the end, I realize that I'm the common denominator in all of it. So what am I doing to make this happen? And what I'm doing is being insecure and I'm disconnecting. So if I'm disconnecting because I think you're going to cheat on me, chances are you're going to. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Nice. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really helped me, you know, and in this relationship when that thought, cause sometimes, you know, because of my past experiences, I'll kind of, if something is a little off my radar, goes a little funny or or a trigger of some sort then I'll have to kind of talk myself through it okay what am I doing right now or what am I not doing that I should be you know I need to nurture this relationship because if I'm feeling this way then there's something I'm missing and chances are when I do that you know if I start I'll look at it and I'll be like oh for the last week I haven't taken my pajamas off you know I haven't made myself presentable, you know, so I think it's, sometimes it could be a nudge, not so much. Oh, I, I've never cheated. Because <laughs> guy cheats, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I have never cheated either, and I, I think it's totally wrong, but I think at the same time, you know, if you're not getting what you need, and you, some people are stubborn and want to stay in a relationship, even though they'd yeah. rather... Yeah keep other ones on the other side you know I don't think there's anything right about cheating but I definitely I can see how it happens uh, when one person really disconnects you know and I think that connection is the one thing that us humans really crave and we have to have 
And if our partner, especially if we've been with them forever and they just aren't connected, then yeah. you're... Yeah, and, that, yeah. and the issue you raise right? is a value issue. Uh, it's what's called absolute and relative values. Absolute yeah. is there's a right and wrong, and that's it. Relative value is, uh, well, like lying. If you don't get caught, it's okay to lie. Cheating. If you don't get caught, it's okay to cheat. So that's a relative value. So you're talking, yeah. and you say it's never right, regardless of behavior of your partner to cheat. That's an absolute value that says that's what you, that's where you're seeing things through. The other one, uh, like, well, I shouldn't cheat except, yeah. you know, if I'm lonely, if I have needs, if I met my soulmate, that's a relative value. So that's a value issue. And, uh, when people have different value yeah. issues, that can be, and frequently it's a source of conflict. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. You know, I, I kind of been doing this experiment and my hubby thinks I'm crazy. But I really, really, really think that when you get into a relationship with someone and it starts to get serious, um, I think there's things you need to talk about as far as values and beliefs and all these things to make sure, you know, your strengths, your weaknesses, be open with the person so that you can help them, right? Instead of, you know, a year down the road after the, the euphoria of this new relationship wears off and you start getting to know the real person and you're like, you've changed, you've done this, you've done that, you know, when really they're just being themselves, you know, and your expectations were you know, your expectations, not allowing them to just be who they are, because ultimately, you know, if, if you're living up to someone's expectations, you're, you're going to be disappointed in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So Phil, I'm not going to keep you any longer, but I would really love to, um, if you could tell our listeners, sure, I have a website, lesstalkmorelove.com, and I have a death zone quiz on there. Are you in the dead zone? So I'm also going to be offering a free, probably in the next mm-hmm. six weeks, a free webinar on this topic. So I would encourage people to get on there and sign up for that and, and, and send it to your, I mean, kids can look at it, probably teenage 12, 13 up would get um, send it to your contacts, oh, uh, send it to your friends, put it into your Facebook. I mean, this is a new communication paradigm that I'm going to teach people the first two steps, give them enough information yeah. to get them to reduce conflicts relevant with parent-child issues, peer, stress reduction, anger control. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I encourage people to sign up and and. I wear different masks in it. It's it's got a lot of fun graphics. I talk about zombies, yeah, <laughs> which is related to uh, how we get along with others. I lose a couple nights sleep. I feel like a zombie. I feel like the Walking Dead. Yeah, and my wife and I will lose a week's worth of sleep. I mean, there are no survivors. Let me just sum it up that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. I hear and that. I tie. So I show how it affects our health and. Uh, plus our communication and 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 our love anyway so i would encourage people yeah and i I think too like it doesn't have to be just relationship based it could be a relationship with anyone your kids your co-workers your friends that's right your mother send it to your (laughs) mother-in-law 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can reach me at talktherapy one at gmail.com. Perfect. Okay. And I've also got your website on my website, uh, rawrelationships.net. Oh, so thank you. Um, you can look on my podcast page. You'll see it there. So, yeah, I encourage you guys to reach out to Phil, uh, Dr. Phil. <laughs> oh, and one more is my, my, web, uh, my Facebook site, Untalk Therapy. So, Untalk Therapy. Contact me there. Okay. Make a note to... Uh, sign up there and well that was philip deluca what a great conversation and so much information um, that some of us really don't even think about um i love his uh, i love his take on how we work how the brain works scientifically and how we can change um start a new revolution of how to deal with these conflicts so yes i definitely encourage you to check out his website and uh, sign up for his free quiz that he offers and uh, thank you so so much for listening to my podcast and everybody have a great night peace out (laughs) 